So, from what Clarence read, it seems to me that at least part of the moral of the story is be careful who you have over for dinner. Because there are at least two different kinds of people that might show up. The first kind of person that might come to your house, if you invite them, you'll find out who they are, is someone who seems to be very good at embarrassing other people. Jesus. That's what Jesus did as he's sitting around with all these people. And we didn't read the, the other part of the story, but he's been invited to this, to this house for a Sabbath meal. And as he's sitting there at first, a man comes in who has an ailment. And he starts picking the fight with the Pharisees. It seems pretty obvious, I suppose, why the man is there. But Jesus looks at him, and he looks at the Pharisees, and he looks at the lawyers and other people there. He says, hey, what do you think I should do? Should he be healed? Sabbath? Of course, we know the answer to that. Luke has already told us over and over about Jesus being willing to do that kind of stuff. And Jesus silences the Pharisees. They have nothing that they can tell him without embarrassing themselves even further or bringing shame on them. So he embarrasses these pretty important people that are there. And then he doesn't stop. He embarrasses all the guests that are there as well. He calls them out. And then he doesn't even stop there. He embarrasses the host of the party. I never forget, Gloria and I were dating. Um, um, well, I better not tell you that story right now. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. But he embarrasses everybody and he seems to be pretty good at it. But I love how he embarrasses the guests. Luke doesn't tell the story this way. I kind of read into it, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right, I don't know. But um, I kind of see these people who are fighting for the place of honor. I kind of see it this way. You know, they made dinner arrangements. They're ready to go. They know where they're going, and they know what time they've got to get there, too, because we've got to get there before he gets there. Because you know him, he's going to try to sit where I want to sit. And so here they all rush into the house at the same time, trying to break in. They've got their eyes on where they want to sit, because where they sit matters. We miss some of that. That doesn't have the same effect that it does until we talk about weddings, right? How uptight we get, and we figure out who's going to sit with who and where they're going to sit. So we kind of understand that, but I see them in their places itching, waiting. Let's get over these pleasantries so I can go sit down. Now, I know that people can be very good. I know that people can be very faithful. I know that people can be very merciful. I worked and have worked in the church for over ten years. But I also know that people can be mean, they can be conniving, they can be arrogant, and I know this because I've worked in the church for over ten years. Just saying. But here they are fighting for their place to make sure that they are seen where they want to be seen so that everybody can think of them the way maybe that they think of themselves. It's not exactly how Luke portrays that story, but I do think that's where we fit into the story. Because they are looking, and whether they're scrambling or not, they want that place of honor. They want to have the place where they feel they belong. And Jesus sees their actions, and he reminds them of something that I think they already know. 
He reminds them of Scripture, and he almost, not word for word, but he reminds them of Proverbs 25, 6-7. This whole deal about if you want to have the high place first, take the low place. Because if you take the high place first, somebody might come and say, hey, you don't belong there, and then you'd be disgraced, then you'd be embarrassed. Nobody wants to be embarrassed. But if you want to get ahead in life, start low so that you can be worked up. So somebody can look at you and say, hey, you've got potential, you don't belong there, let's bring you up. The way Jesus is showing them how to get ahead in life. Because we all know that Jesus came into the world, even knowing that the cross would be before him. He came to show us how to get ahead in life. Didn't he? No, he didn't. See, following Jesus was never about a success success plan. It was never about getting ahead of life. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about living into God's will for this world and for our life. I'll never forget... If you, well, if you look at, now I'm going to tell you that story. If you look at Proverbs, and particularly the, the section that Jesus quotes and he expounds on, it's really about how not to embarrass yourself so that you can be lifted up. And when Gloria and I was dating, we went to a restaurant, and you've got to understand, I didn't ever do that too much, just never did. And so we're there, and it's dessert time. Yes. And this waiter brings out this huge tray of dessert. And there's like five, six, or seven different things. I'm yes, this is good. And I don't remember everything was there, but I do remember there was one particular piece of chocolate that just <clears throat> had my attention. So I grabbed my fork, and I grabbed that plate off that tray. <laughs> oh, that's funny, huh? Yeah, now it's funny, I guess. The guy looked at me like I'm crazy. Gloria sunk in her chair, and she said, that's plastic. Why are you showing it to me then? And so Proverbs, this way that Jesus portrays it, seems to be a way of how not to get embarrassed in public that way. So that you can be moved up. Are y'all with me? Oh, you think that's funny too, huh? You just wait. You're going to get you a boyfriend like that. Jeez. And so maybe as Jesus repeats that, they think, oh yeah, I remember. I should have started low. But then you and I read the story. And Luke tells us, as Jesus sees all of this, he tells them a parable. Now, as we read that, that doesn't really come across as a parable. A parable is usually a story or some kind of thought that makes us think a little deeper. And what Jesus does is add his own piece to that proverb. He tells them, yeah, start low so you can be brought up. But then he adds that great saying at the end. That those who would exalt themselves will be humbled. But those who are humble will be exalted. And it's there that I think we see what Jesus is really trying to show those people there that evening what he's trying to show us here today. That life is not about getting ahead, at least not life with God. That life is about something way more important and way 
more meaningful. See, Jesus sees their actions and knows that they know nothing of humility. And as you and I read that story, I guess we can just thank God that we do, right? Quite often in the church, you hear people say things like, well, you know, I'm a nice person, but I'm, I'm not all that. You know, I'm not as good as so-and-so. They read their Bible all the time. They, they seem so, they have it all together. I'm not like them. I don't know a whole lot. I can't do much. I'm just not that outgoing. And you know what we call that? Humility. That is not humility, friends. That is a low self-esteem. If you have that kind of mindset, if you find yourself saying things like that, comparing yourself to other people, talking about how you're not so good and you're not so great at this or you don't know how to... If that fills your mind, you aren't practicing humility. You are suffering from an inferiority complex. Because humility is something so much greater. Now, I will tell you this. I think Jesus, I think God would speak to low self-esteem. From the very beginning of our scripture, we have this God of the universe who sets out to fashion a world out of nothing. And part of that creation involves you and I. Genesis says we are created in the image of God. Never forget, received a little piece of paper, some guy on the street passing it out, and I held on it for a long time because it said, I know I'm somebody because God don't make no junk. Bad English, Great faith. As people of God, we don't need to put ourselves down to be humble. We don't need to talk about what we're not and how we're not good at this. That's not humility. In fact, we need to reverse that. We are children of God. Hello? If we can look at the world and be in awe of what it looks like and how it works, we can look at ourselves, we can look at each other and think, man, God did a good job with you. You are something amazing. Low self-esteem is not humility. Low self-esteem is not even faithfulness. Put that in your mind. We've got to stop talking like that. Humility is something different. Humility is more than a feeling. Humility is about how we live and what we practice in our lives. Now, Jesus' first teaching to these people there is about a wedding banquet. And, you know, weddings are a big deal for us, and they're a big deal in Jesus' time as well. You spend a lot of money, there's a lot of preparations, you've got to make sure everything's right. It's so important. So he starts off with, you know, if you have a wedding banquet you get invited to, you need to do certain things a certain way. And I imagine if I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, yeah, okay, well, when I get to that point where I've got to worry about a wedding banquet, okay, maybe I'll think about that. I'll try to write that down. I'll keep it in the back of my mind, Jesus. But it doesn't have anything to do with me right now. Good thing Jesus is good at what he does, right? Because then he says, well, if you ever have a dinner or a luncheon, you know who has those? Every single one of us. You have one of those. You want to see humility? 
Don't just invite the people you like. Don't just invite the people that you know are really going to appreciate this and they're going to send you a little thank you card afterwards or maybe even bring you something as you come because that's for you. Don't do that. Instead, you invite those people who've never been invited anywhere in their life. See, humility is not low self-esteem. In fact, it's the opposite. It's recognizing who we are as children of God and it's understanding that part of our calling is to make sure that other people are cared for. To make sure that other people have their place as well. Jesus tells us about that, and then he shows us how to put it into practice. He tells us to be humble, and then he says the next thing you do is you invite to your dinner all of those people you wouldn't be caught dead with. That's how. You live humbly. And of course, this all applies to more than just eating. It applies to our life as well. It applies to church. I can't tell you how much it breaks my heart. I have been a part of churches where we've tried to plan things or talk about events, and these words have come out of some of God's people. Well, we can't do that because you never know who's going to show up. You never know what kind of people might come. We live that way sometimes, don't we? We act that way sometimes. We speak that way quite often. But humility, at least as Christ describes it, is about understanding who we are as God's people and making sure that everybody else has a place as well. See, in a few moments, we're going to be celebrating Holy Communion. And part of our understanding as United Methodist Christians is that you know, when we do this, this is not about you or me. This is not about being Methodist. It's not about being a part of this church or any other church. Because if we were to put rules on that, we'd be saying, you don't belong here. And that wouldn't be very humble of us, would it? But the opposite is true for our understanding that when we are here, we are here by God's invitation. And God invites all kind of crazy people to his table. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's you. I'm talking about you guys. And me too. And if that's the example that we have from God, if that's how God demonstrates love and faithfulness and mercy, guess what we're supposed to do as well? We're supposed to invite all kinds of people Because you're right, you never know who might show up. It might be that person who's good at embarrassing himself. might be that person who doesn't need anybody's help. They're good at embarrassing their own self. Or, as Hebrews tells us, when you entertain, you never know. You might be entertaining angels. So, We need to pray because often we aren't very humble. Often we don't know our place as a child of God. And often by our actions and what we say, we keep people from their place as a child of God as well. If you want to hear that invitation to God's table, and if you want to accept that invitation and to give it as well, 
Then let's pray. Oh, loving God, we are thankful to you because you have welcomed us all. We are formed in your image and we are loved by you, loved so much that you gave us your life. So forgive us, God, when we have turned away from your gift and when we have turned your gift away from other people. Free us now, God, for joyful obedience so that by our faith in you we could live humble and blessed lives. In Jesus' name.